So the SEC is going to pay to get their two new schools early. Should the Big Ten follow suit? You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Coming up on today's show, we're going to take a look at the latest move from the SEC to try to get the power as quickly as possible. They're going to pay a whole lot of money to get Oklahoma and Texas into the conference a year earlier. And now the Big Ten is set to add their schools at the same time the SEC will add OU and UT. So what happens next here? Should the Big Ten take that next move and try to get their schools in earlier? We'll get into it all here on Locked On Big Ten. Of course, also going to recap everything that happened in basketball yesterday and all the other Big Ten news from around the country. Let's get into, though, what happened yesterday with the SEC. It was announced that instead of the original plan for Texas and Oklahoma, which was to join the conference after the 2024-2025 school year, they instead decide to pay a whole lot of money to get them sooner, something that had been rumored for a really, really long time. Specifically, in the official release in the agreement with the Big 12, Texas will pay $100 million in, quote, foregone distributable revenues, end quote, and they're actually going to, in news that in, somehow involves the Big Ten, they're going to switch up the home dates for the Texas series with Michigan. Now it will be Michigan hosting in 2024, which will allow Fox to broadcast that game. It's just a, a Big Ten note in what is SEC news. The point being, though, the SEC is now going to pay $100 million, nine figures, to get these two big programs into the conference just a year earlier. So the question has to be asked, should the Big Ten do the same? The situation is a little bit different. The Big Ten is now already in the original agreement set to add USC and UCLA after the 2024 school year finishes up. But that means that now there's an opportunity for maybe the Big Ten with a price point set to try and get these two schools away from the Pac-12 a little bit sooner. Would it be worth it, though? Would it be worth it to, instead of wait till the end of next school year, to get these conferences into the Big Ten and starting to play Big Ten football this fall? The first instinctual thought has to be, there's not enough time to get that done, of course. I don't know if I agree anymore. A year ago, maybe I would have said the same thing. But Kevin Warren, if he showed us nothing else in his time as the Big Ten commissioner, he showed us that getting things done is not something that has to take time especially when it comes to the way that the Big Ten is changing the college football landscape. So with what is currently set up, yeah, I wouldn't expect the Big Ten to be able to try and put this together by the end of this school year. But as far as what is possible, I'm no longer just thinking, well, it's not even on the table, the idea that it couldn't get done. So if there's a way to get it done, if there's a dollar amount that the Big Ten can get these schools in for, then why not do it? Because the SEC is doing this because they know what's going on here. This is an arms race. 
Getting your school in a year after the Big Ten gets theirs is something that's a disadvantage, and the SEC has eliminated it by throwing money at it. The Big Ten has the power to do the same thing when it fits money. And if it's at all possible to get these two schools in as quickly as possible, then I don't see why it can't be done. The way that the Big Ten brought in USC and UCLA is huge. The way that the Big Ten got its media rights deal done in just the right, perfect time to maximize the amount of revenue. It's great. And those were all moves that were made quickly. Why can't you make this move quickly too? It's like what we're dealing with the Big Ten divisions in football right now. Everybody knows that it's not the best way to get the Big Ten the best chance at getting college football playoff teams. We've talked plenty about that. Everybody knows that it's not the best way to play Big Ten football and set the conference up for success on the field. But for some reason, we're still doing it. Yeah, we got plans to get rid of it, and it's going to go away. But at the same time, like, why did we go through this season with it if it seems like something that would be so easy to change? Bringing USC and UCLA in by the start of the football season is not the same thing. There's no doubt about that. But as far as what's possible, you have to think that it's at least possible at this point. And if we're going to go into this big race to get bigger, the Big Ten's going to have to keep up. When Kevin Warren was here, you can like or dislike what he did and how quickly he did it. But one thing that he did do is he always kept the Big Ten at the advantage and making the move instead of reacting to the move. Right now, the SEC just made a move here. They're saying, hey, we see that you're getting your com- your teams into your conference then. We're going to pay to make sure we're there too. If I'm in the Big Ten office, I'm at least looking and trying to figure that out. Unfortunately, there isn't a current commissioner right now to really spearhead that. So it's really tough. But I, I would want to at least. As a Big Ten fan right now, I'm thinking, okay, Let's get this at least in someone's ear and let's see what we can figure out. Again, it's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. And I'm telling myself it's not going to happen because it seems like there's no way it could. But again, I was equally as floored with some of the things that have happened in Big Ten front office stuff over the last year. So who knows? We're going to talk Big Ten basketball in just a second before we do. This year, the only app you need for the Super Bowl is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in the country. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy too. Download FanDuel so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You can get up to $3,000 in cash back if your first bet does not hit. Zero risk when you're putting that first bet in, and it could be as little as $5 when you make that bet. FanDuel lets you bet on anything from the money line, point spreads, props on who's going to score a touchdown. Of course, Big Ten basketball too. So if you want to get in on things this weekend, we went 2-0 yesterday. Going to talk more about that in a little bit. That's something you can do over at FanDuel. And you can get that no-sweat first bet by heading over to our link at fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel.com slash locked on. So you can make sure that you're making the most out of every moment. At Fanduel, the number one sportsbook in America and the official sportsbook of the NFL. 
Also, thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every day. Make sure to also check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players too. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's take a look into the latest from Big Ten basketball. Of course, games to recap yesterday. Friday, the day off for Big Ten. So no games here today as we get ready for the weekend. First off, as I mentioned, I went 2-0 yesterday. Purdue, minus 7.5, beat Iowa easily. Northwestern, plus 5.5 against Ohio State. Ohio State, or Northwestern, wins it outright and actually covers minus 5.5 too. But 2-0 yesterday. We'll get my picks for the weekend here when we have a show for you coming up tomorrow on Locked On Big Ten. But first, let's get into the recaps for everything that happened yesterday. A couple of pretty straightforward games, first off, if you ask me. Uh, Purdue absolutely blew the doors off of Iowa. Now, we mentioned that the only real chance I thought Iowa had at putting together an effort that was going to get them within the spread, within eight points, was if they shot the leather off the ball. Is it leather? I think, yeah, I think it's leather. Anyway, the point being, they were going to have to shoot the ball really, really well. And while they did in one half, they scored 52 points in the second half, which is what Iowa's been kind of doing as of late. That first half was uh, brutal. They were down 17 points at the break, 21 points in that first half only for the Hawkeyes. And when you give Purdue that kind of an edge, it's just a little bit too much to try and come back from. Uh, give them a little bit of credit. They did cut it to six points with about six minutes to go, but I mean, that was the run. That was the run that got them kind of into the game, and they just didn't have much more. I think it was 13-2, to two, yeah, the run that they had, and that was really all that you could ask for when you're facing off against this Purdue squad. They were just down too much and did not have quite enough to get back into things. The fact that Purdue's backcourt outscored, outplayed that Iowa backcourt is scary kind of stuff because that's a veteran team in the backcourt that you're not only trying to run with offensively, but also that you have to go up against defensively too. And Iowa has the number one offense in the Big Ten, but not the number one defense by any means. But still, you got a couple of freshman guards in there if you're Purdue. Braden Smith, 24 points. Fletcher Lawyer, 17 of his own to go with it. Those are guys who are stepping up in big ways time in and time out. And yes, they've had their hiccups. But overall, the fact that they have been able to run with that kind of an Iowa backcourt is outstanding. This is a game that Zach Eady should have just kind of taken over if you're thinking about, okay, how does Purdue win it? But he didn't have to. His backcourt helped him out a lot. And it's part of the reason why Purdue is just continually proving itself as the best team in the country, at least right now. Pretty much by a big margin, if you ask me. Alabama's playing really well. But as far as with what Purdue has been so good at and how consistent they've been with it, it's night in and night out with these guys at this point. And it's just getting really, really impressive what the Boilermakers have been able to do. The other game from yesterday, Northwestern gets a road win against Ohio State. And I mentioned I thought both these games were pretty straightforward in how they ended, yes, but not necessarily in how competitive they were. Purdue, it was straightforward throughout. Boilermakers were going to win that game. This was close throughout, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until the very end. The reason I say it was typical is because in typical Ohio State fashion, they just couldn't close. This game was tied up with about six minutes left to go. And then Northwestern just finished. 
They went on a little bit of a run, got some separation right away, and then from about four-minute mark in, they kept Ohio State at arm's length for the most part. And that's been the thing that has plagued Ohio State throughout this entire losing streak. Buckeyes are now 3-10 and 10 in the Big Ten, by the way. They're, if you ask me, pretty close to no shot of making this NCAA tournament. So if they don't do something miraculous, they're looking at their season ending in a couple of weeks. And it's heartbreaking if you're a Buckeye fan, because if you've watched this team, you know that in these now what is 10 of the last 11 games losses, only one of those losses has come by double digits. They've lost to bad teams in a close game. They've lost to good teams in a close game. They lost to number one Purdue in a really close game to start things off when we thought that this was just a little hiccup for Ohio State. It's really, really weird to see the way that this team has fallen off and I'm not sure what exactly the answer is because it shouldn't be this bad. If Ohio State's not as good as we thought they were, fine. If Ohio State's not a tournament team, that's understandable too. But this team shouldn't be lose 10 out of 11 games in the Big Ten bad. And there's just something going on where at the end of that game, the Buckeyes just aren't ready for it yet. And they haven't been ready for it all season. So it's... Uh, about done with the Ohio State season as Michigan starts to come back up a little bit. But it's a little bit ironic because at the point we're at now, that Michigan and Ohio State are probably the most disappointing teams of this basketball season. A little bit ironic given what, of course, they did on the football field. As far as bracketology here, we do have an update. We have started using a new site, Bracket Matrix, to take a look at bracketology. They've got what is today a combination of 99 updated brackets that are ranking tournament teams from top to bottom. Here's where the Big Ten teams currently stand. Uh, Purdue's still a consensus number one seed across the board. Indiana's average seed among the 99 brackets is 5.06. That is up from last time we checked. Rutgers is at a 5.58. That is down. Illinois is down to, to an average of a 6.13 seed. Iowa's at a 6.79 seed, which is actually a little bit up. Maryland's up as well. They're up to an 8.18 on the average. Michigan State stayed put at 8.69 on the average. Northwestern is appearing in 94 of those 99 brackets. In the 94 they appear in, they average a 10.22. Wisconsin is in in 30 of the 99 brackets, and Penn State is down to just three of the 99 bracket projections currently on Bracket Matrix. Again, head over to that site. It's cool. You can go take a look at all of the different experts and things that they put together and take a look at where everybody's at. Purdue only one of two consensus number one seeds across the 99 brackets with Alabama out of the SEC. We're going to finish things up with Big Ten news here on Locked On Big Ten. We'll get right into it. Our Big Ten men's golf for the week is Michigan's Hunter Thompson. A congratulations to him. Also, a congratulations to all of the NFL players or future NFL players, Big Ten players headed to the NFL Combine. Uh, Michigan leads the way with nine players invited to this year's Combine. Ohio State had eight. Penn State and Maryland both have seven. Purdue and Iowa both have five. Minnesota, Northwestern, and Illinois get four. Wisconsin and Nebraska, three. Michigan State, two. And Indiana and Rutgers, both one. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. All fourteen teams sending at least one person to the NFL Combine. Big Ten represented well. Still twenty less players than the SEC, but we won't get into that. Combine starts on March second. Minnesota on the hockey rink 
has a chance to win the Big Ten regular season title this weekend. Regular season title up for grabs against Wisconsin of all teams. On the road, Minnesota has to win two out of three this weekend against the Badgers to take that crown on their own. They can, of course, still tie for the Big Ten crown with other scenarios. Speaking of men's hockey, the Big Ten has six players named to the National Rookie of the Year watch list. Michigan forward Adam Fantilli, Michigan State forward Carson Dorwart, Minnesota forwards Logan Cooley and Jimmy Snuggerud, Ohio State forward Stephen Halliday, and Wisconsin forward Cruz Lucius on that list. A whole bunch of really cool names, just seemingly in hockey in general, but across the Big Ten in hockey too. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. Next, make your second listen Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from the big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next time with more here with a big weekend of Big Ten basketball as always coming up. Until then, be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and on Twitter at Locked On Big Ten One Zero at the end, not T E N. I'm Nate Dickinson. Until next time, this is Nate Dickinson with Locked On.